My name is Christy Lee. Welcome to the Praise and Worship Podcast. I've got a serious treat for you today, talking with metalcore drummer and founding member of August Burns Red. You might be thinking, hold on, I thought this was the Praise and Worship Podcast. And you're right, there's a little explaining to do here. Matt Griner is going to fill in those details, including what put that spark in him to start a worship band. He'll share the heart behind Clay Collective and tell some stories behind the songs on their debut album, Living Stones. Since I don't talk to drummers all that often here on the podcast, I thought let's take the opportunity to discuss the challenges that worship drummers face and get some tips from a pro. Enjoy this one and share it with the drummer at your church. Here we go. It's Matt Griner on the Praise and Worship podcast. Hey, I'm Christy Lee, a DJ for WJTL Radio out of Lancaster, Central Pennsylvania. And today my guest is Matt Griner. Hey, Matt, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So those around the area and well beyond know Matt from the band August Burns Red, a drummer. Uh, But Matt is up to like a ton of stuff these days. Matt, why don't you give us the overview of what your life looks like lately? Yeah, I started a worship band. (laughs) Kind of uh, a little different than what I usually do, musically speaking. I've wanted to do worship for so long, you know. I've been doing interviews with the band. My band's called August Burns Red, so we're a metal band out of Lancaster. Um, And, well, actually, this interview is different than most other interviews, not just because it's during COVID and and it's over Zoom, but because um, it's about something that's not August Burns Red. Right. So... Uh, I guess I should give a little bit of history there. So I started August Burns Red in 2003 on my parents' farm in Mannheim. Um, we, we, we soon, soon after starting it, got relocated out of the house into the barn <laughs> for obvious reasons. And, um, <laughs> and so I, I've always, I've had this dichotomy of passions. One is farming and one is metal music, more specifically drumming. So when people listen to the kind of music I play, it's usually like, but why do they have to scream, you know? And and I, I understand that sentiment because you have this style of music that's intricate and fast and heavy um, and and layered on top of it is is a vocalist who's not singing melody predominantly, he's screaming. So it's, it's a foreign concept to a lot of people, a concept I can empathize with. Like I said, it's 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 not the norm. So anyway, we, we dealt with, with all of those thoughts about my band for a long time. And I really didn't care because I had horse blinders on focused on drumming. Like that's the only thing that matters. That's a very <laughs> Lancaster County way to, way yes. to say that, that you had horse blinders. <laughs> that was like in yeah. the news recently, different kinds of horse blinders. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah. Just, uh, you know, drumming has always been there for me. It's, it's been, it's always been there. And that's the case with Clay Collective, right? So all these years later, always done these interviews like, hey, if you weren't in a metal band, what kind of band would you be in? And I'm like, I would love to be in a Hillsong, um, a worship band. So prior to doing this project, I did some drum clinics for a company called Zildjian Cymbals. Uh, and I'm, I'm sort of an ambassador for them and I've traveled to Southeast Asia and South America I was asked to perform songs on these, like in these clinics. So when you're playing in Southeast Asia, say it's China or Hong Kong, Taiwan, um, you're playing for anywhere from like five-year-old drummers who are just seeing a drum set for the first time. And Zildjian, the cymbal company is trying to get their name into these kids, you know, lives as the first 
symbol company so that when they walk into a store, that's what they want. All the way up to 50 year olds. So you're trying to write songs, you're trying to write drums to songs that are appealing, right? To that spread. So I covered a Hillsong song called What a Beautiful Name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by cover, I just mean I, I took Brooke's song and I wrote my own drum parts to it. And I played along to the song in China and uh, uh, six other, seven other countries in Southeast Asia. And that I did the same thing in South America. So we were nominated for a Grammy, my band August Burns Red, and so was Hillsong. And after the, um, after Hillsong won their Grammy, I found Brooke, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, the singer for Hillsong, the one who wrote this song. And I said, hey, <coughs> excuse me, uh, I have straw in my throat. <laughs> That's the farming time. <laughs> I, I, I love apologize. it. Feel free to, t- to take, a, take a water break while I process the whole straw in my throat thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so uh, sorry about that. So, so I, so I talked to Brooke and I yeah. said, um, I covered this song on drums and I, I performed it in, in China and, um, and she thought it was hilarious and just amazing that uh, a metal drummer would do this and later talked about it in interviews. She would like go on and talk about the Grammys. Like, you know, Hey, what was your favorite thing about the Grammys? And she would be like, Oh, well, <laughs> you know, winning the Grammy was fun, but <laughs> I met this metal drummer who covered the song that we won a Grammy for and played it in China. And that's so cool, you know? And, and, and so that, that kind of lit a spark under me to start a worship band. That was, that, that was the jet fuel that set me in motion. So anyway, I met up with a guy named Ryan Kurtz and I asked him if he, uh, I asked him if he wanted to do this with me. Um, and we decided to name it clay collective clay being, um, a, a, a dual definition. One, clay is the township or the town in which the church that the band is affiliated with, Effort a Community Church, exists. And then clay is also this, this concept in the Bible we see over and over again of God taking something um, and forming it as painful as it is. And, um, and it's, when it's cured, it's something that's breakable. It breaks, breaks easily. And we're all, we're all capable um, of enduring that breaking. It, it, it happens all throughout life, and yet we're always being reformed. And uh, the collective element is we wanted, Ryan and I wanted this to be about a group. We wanted it to be about um, a number of different people who had ideas that we believe God may or may not have given them that they can contribute to this collective and together we can form something instead of it being about one or two people. Right. Well, I've listened to the, the project uh, living stones is coming out Easter. Well, Easter Sunday, right? Midnight, Easter Sunday. right. You know, resurrection day itself, the 4th of April here, seven tracks on this project. And uh, I got to say, first of all, it sounds so good. I understand you were involved in part of writing the songs, but also in the mixing, the mastering, the recording. And I mean, this, this is clear. It is sharp. It is uh, it really, the sound on it is really, really good. Yeah. Thank you very much. That means a lot. I, 
that was our goal. <laughs> so it's affirming to hear that from you. Uh, our goal was that we record a bunch of songs that don't. Um, okay. Uh, typically what happens is a band will spend a lot of time writing songs mm. and then they'll think, okay, let's record these. And the product, the representation of that, that, that project or those songs, all that work falls way short of where it could and should be. And therefore the, the potential for, for how popular or how far the songs could go is, is cut short. Um, and that's a shame because you have good songs that don't have the exposure they could have only because of the production value. So from the very beginning, Ryan and I, I, I told Ryan, I said, these songs are going to sound perfect. We're going to work with someone who does a good job. Um, they worked with ABR for a long time. Carson Slovak and Grant McFarland are their names. And they, they, are 100% thank for the mixing and mastering. Um, they're, they're pros, you know, and um, I'm really thankful. I just wanna uh, give Kevin Eshelman and Effort Community Church a shout out uh, because they really did stand behind us and stand with us and were proponents of this being done the right way. Um, and I think, I think the church needs more of that vision of doing things um, with excellence. Mm -hmm. And, and not feeling like you have to cut corners to accomplish something. In this case, uh, we're really proud of our, our, our project. Um, and I think most of that is because we hired people who were excellent in their craft um, and they, they got the job done. So Living Stones out 12 a.m. Easter morning. Um, and uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. And I, you know, I think Matt, it is, is, there's an extra challenge for worship songs. If we're just talking like kind of industry stuff and getting down to the recording and, you know, the whole process of it from writing to releasing worship songs are tricky because yeah. these are songs that, that especially the corporate ones are most often with a congregation. And so you talk about recording it and there's just so many hurdles to get it out there and, and to have it be compelling. Uh, even if the congregation isn't there. I think you guys did just a great job with this. That's a great point. I, I will admit, um, I was pretty judgmental about worship music until I started a worship band. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you feel like you're superior in one area of life, but don't have a, a, a dog in the fight or a horse in that race, um, mm. I, I would caution you to uh, to cast a lot of judgment in an area you just don't really live yourself because I, I was basically doing that with worship. I feel like a lot of people do that with worship music. You know, oh, they sing about the same thing and all the songs sound the same and the builds go A, B, C, B. It's like, yeah, actually some of that's true. But when you start to try to do it yourself, you, you find yourself in the same pattern because it works, you know, it works. It does. It's, it's the way it kind of works out. And so I was like, man, I've been telling these people they're not doing it the right way <laughs> and they could do it better. And then I try to, and I'm like, wow, how does Hillsong do it? You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And keep cranking them out. It, it is funny because there, there are certain formulas, but that is not exclusive to Christian music or worship music. There's formulas in country music. There's, you know, there's, there's a kind of a structure in classical music. There, these are different things for a reason not, not to say that everybody does them well every time, but That's right. they, they do work when you use them correctly. And then occasional curveballs are just great, you know, so. That's right. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, who else is involved in Clay Collective? So we know your role in some of the, the behind the scenes. When I listen to it, I hear lots of different vocalists. So I'd love to know more about who's yeah. singing and, and part of it. Thanks so much for listening to it. That's yeah. that's awesome. Um, so we have, um, I actually have a list of names here just so I get it right. Um, and you know, that that's, that's part of the, that's testament to the fact that uh, this is a collective is is the fact that there are so many people in the project um, that I have to have a Microsoft Word document with the names. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have Briar Bullock. Um, he's from Freedom Church. He wrote the song Freedom. Freedom sounds like a, a song that could be used um, in a, anywhere from like a youth setting. You know, it's upbeat. Um, are you totally familiar with fun. that song? I'm familiar. Yeah. It is. It is bright. It is fun. It's upbeat, yeah. which is, you know, it's hard for a worship song to be upbeat. It's that is it a is. challenge. Everybody knows this. So that yeah. one, that one is fun and, and fast. It's, it's fun. And just, yeah, it just stands out a little bit. And actually that song was not supposed to be on the record. We didn't know that song existed until we were done tracking the um, five original songs, six original songs. And we're like, Hey, I think we have a little bit of time to do Briar's song. And I'm like, wait, what's Briar's song? <laughs> and then we checked it out. It's like, oh, actually, this is a really good song. We should track this. <laughs> so the drummer, I, I didn't actually track drums on the record. I was involved in in another project at the time. So I was I was in and out. So there was another full-time drummer. And apparently he didn't even listen to the song before he tracked it. He just went in like and, and just knocked it out of the park. Um yeah. so we're glad we got that song on. I found that's the case though with with recording. A lot of times, the songs that come about in the eleventh hour seem to just do well. I, I, it's it's weird. You spend all this time on these other songs, and then this other, <laughs> you know, this song that's that that we hardly spend any time with um, is is a really standout track in my opinion. Now, Briar did a lot of work with it, right? Um, but. Uh, I so can't tell you how many times I've heard that though. It's it's oh that song wasn't supposed to be on the record, yeah. or we thought that song was no good, or what? You know, I really feel, uh, and I we've talked a lot about analogies, but I really feel like that is an analogy for life. God moves yeah. in those ways sometimes, where things that you didn't realize He was working on or whatever show up and are just amazing. But it's a timing thing, or expectation right. or mysterious ways. I feel like that's an encouragement that we can take in how God moves and, and works, but yeah, that's, no, that's, that's a exactly great song. Right. I'm glad it's on the record. Yeah, me too. That's, that's exactly right. So we have um, another vocalist named Olivia Martin and she, uh, she wrote the song forever and always um, just, just a, a, a powerful song that she wrote about um, how she, she chooses to see God as God in the highs and the lows. And she went through a difficult time where she had to um, face that reality. It's much harder to face when um, you're, you're lying on the ground and you're just struggling. Right. Mm. And, um, and, and at the same time, it's, it can be difficult to do, to acknowledge God's sovereignty in your life when things are really good because you rest on your own succession of, of skill sets and, and accomplishments, you know? And so she wrote that song about, about just that. Um, and she also sings on a couple other tracks on the record. Uh, Ryan Kurtz wrote Worthy Lord. Um, and he's a, he's a big fan of Chris Tomlin. So mm. if, if you're listening to this and you like Chris Tomlin, I, I'd skip right to that track. 
he um he just has Ryan is a way of of writing songs with a congregation in mind, right? Mm-hmm. So when you hear the song "Worthy Lord," you might be thinking to yourself, "I can imagine singing this in my song or in my church." I'm sorry. Um, and so when we would go through the writing process, we would go, you know, let's say we were working on "Who Is This Man," um, which is a song I wrote the lyrics to. He would just like slice and dice it at parts, you know, and and I'd say, Ryan, you know, I like this part. And he'd go, Well, it's not singable. Ah, and I'm like, Huh? Who cares if it's <laughs> singable? <laughs> and he's like, Well, the purpose of this is that it's it's singable. It should be singable mm-hmm. um, in a church congregation. It should be singable uh, to your kids as you're driving to the grocery store. You know, as they're in the back seat, they should they should want to sing this. So he brought an element that I had never even really factored in, which is, is it singable? Right. Um, so that's worthy Lord. And then uh, Josh Smucker wrote kindness and um, we are yours for the song. We are yours. You'll hear a group of kids. Yeah. And the song starts off kind of fades in. We wanted this element of there being almost like you're standing in a room and you hear and you hear a group of, of kids of children singing maybe outside just far away, you know, just far enough away that you can, you can hear them, but it sounds distant. And then it sounds like they're walking towards you. Um, Mm. The song starts, Josh starts singing and then the kids actually come back in later. And the song we are yours um, is, is pretty, pretty much, you know, summed up in the title, but Josh wanted there to be this element of like, of innocence um, and childlike faith. And so his way of representing that on the record is let's have kids singing it. Let's, let's actually have kids singing it with this innocence. Maybe their voice is off a little bit. Maybe they're a little bit out of sync and that will help um, perpetuate that element of like kid-like faith, you know, behavior. Um, so that song, that song stands out for that reason because it start, starts off with children singing. <laughs> I think it's well done though. So I've heard a lot of songs where they, where they use children on the recording. And sometimes the first time you hear it, it's cute, but there is something yeah. enough off that it's hard to listen to again. It's right. not the case on this one, even though it's not perfect, um, you know, talent show kind of right. winning children's choir, but it really, it really is good. I, I love that there's a variety of tempos and feels for all of these songs. Really there, there are some fast, fun ones. There are some lovely light songs mm-hmm. on this record as well. Not everything congregational, but everything worshipful. Hmm. That's a really good way to put it. I, I think that's, that's probably um, a way that we could sum up what we do. And um, Ryan and I, believe that worship music is it's it's sacred you know it's it's sacred we're singing about a god mm-hmm. who loves us and who gave the most valuable thing that anyone could give someone else and so in return um we feel like it's this is sacred ground like this is an area that we need to be careful with we've been given this ability and this gift and this opportunity and we need to steward it well and be be careful in, in how we're presenting information. When we were starting this band, we reached out to Kevin Ashman, the pastor at ECC, and Jim Ehrman, who is the teaching pastor there. 
And we basically said this, like, we don't really know what we're doing lyrically. So is it okay if we send you lyrics and you check to make sure that they're theologically sound so that we're not misconstruing information that we feel like is truthful and biblical, but maybe isn't. Right. And they said, sure. So that's, that's what we did for the project. And we aim to do that moving forward as well. That's a great thing. I know so many churches are starting up, you know, wanting to, to write their own songs, to record and release their own songs. I feel like that's a really important component of it um, because not only is it making it singable, but you're right. It is worship songs. There's an extra responsibility there. They're sacred, but they're also you're leading a congregation at, at some mm -hmm. point with some of them, or even if it's a devotional worship kind of a style, you're still leading someone, no matter how many there are. So there's a responsibility there to really make sure that there's truth in there and that you're representing th things correctly, theologically. That's right. So that's a super important part of it. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the song, who is this man was a song that I wrote uh, originally sort of, um, August Burns Red, and it just didn't get used. And oh, so wow. obviously I had to do some adjustments because it was designed for a metal song and we're, we're moving it over to worship, which meant that um, in metal, a lot of times you don't have repeating parts. So you'll have like a verse, right? Right. And then a bridge and then a chorus, and then you'll never see those again. So it's like, is it a chorus? Actually, probably not. Yeah. Opposite of worship. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. In worship, you need repetition because it serves the congregation to help them sing the song, right? That's right. You need to hear it a couple times. Yeah. So when I when I repurposed it, um, I had it it was actually fairly easy because I, I had a part written and then you could bring it back. And so it, it helped fill the song out. But there's a, a section in that song um where the lyrics say, um, that tree heard the words why have you forsaken me? And um, that lyric, that lyric um, still, you know, when you write lyrics, you're the one that's putting pen to paper, but, and a lot of times that's as far as it goes. Like you wrote the lyrics, you wrote the words, you came up with the idea. And, but that, that section there means a lot to me so, um, because I, I don't, I don't really feel like I wrote it. Uh, I feel like it was something that God gave me this image of a tree right? That was made into a cross. And um, the tree being a living thing heard, mm. there was actually a tree that heard Jesus say, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. And, um, you know, when, when you think about that, it's, it really makes you realize um, that there's, there's nothing that we could ever do to repay the gift that's been given to us. And the most that we can do is to say anything that you want from me, I'll do forever and ever. Like I will never stop um, following you because it's, it's both the least I can do and it's the, the most I can do actually. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we start to feel like we can do more than that, we get into this area of, being religious in our lives and thinking that we can stand on our accomplishments as a means of, of earning salvation. So who is this man is, is really this, this song that is about just that, the idea of looking at the sacrifice that was made and wondering in awe and wonder, how can that be that that was done for me? In doing so, our reaction is 
anything that I can do for the rest of my life, I'll do in response to that gift. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I noticed Matt that on, on a lot of the songs, there's mentions of the cross or of Calvary or of victory, you know, and you're releasing it on, on Easter Sunday. Was that planned all along or is that just a really nice coincidence? <laughs> this is the first time I've, I'm actually thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> so <just> coincidence. <laughs> coincidence. <laughs> we didn't actually try that, man. We, we, uh, we, that just happened actually. Yeah. So, which, yeah. and so going into it, I didn't know the answer to that question. Right. So listening to all the different songs thinking, Okay, because because this time of year, you'll start to see some kind of um, Easter related projects that are just exclusively about, you know, resurrection or, or every, you know, the, the occasion of Easter. Um, some and they'll, they'll just be really hitting that in every single song. This one, it, it pops up in different moments, but it's it's not at the forefront of every single track. So huh. just yeah, just curious about that. I didn't but it, think it about shows that. up beautifully. Yeah. What's what's your favorite song or one of your favorite songs? Have you gotten a chance to listen to it more than once? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay. I have a star by Forever and Always. Yeah. I really like that one. But here's here's the the thing is, especially with worship songs for me personally, there are times where I want something that is as bright and fun as freedom. Right. Um, but I'm also like I will rise. I'm super drawn to because it's so lovely and, and yeah. listen late. I mean, like the intro on that, isn't that like a super long intro? Yeah. Um, some, that one functions for me in a, in a beautiful way when I'm alone and the house yep. is quiet. And, and mm -hmm. so, so <laughs> I have a few different favorites on the, on the project, but um, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I will rise. Um, I should mention, I'm sorry. Sorry, Krista Smucker, if you're listening to this, I didn't mean I did not mean to leave you out. I will rise is a really special song um, that was that was put together in sort of the eleventh hour as well. Um, yes. Krista wrote the lyrics for it, and and her and I have been working together on the piano part that you hear in the beginning that you were mentioning. Um, so the, the 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 song starts with this instrumental piano. Um, it just sort of takes you on a little bit of a journey, and then it drops off, and there's Krista. And Krista is Josh's wife, and um, she sings about um, without without taking on her interpretation or her meaning. My my interpretation of it would be something like going through difficulty and coming out of it with the experience of both joy and grief, mm. and not losing either of those in the process but actually appreciating both of them. Um, and to your point, there is a time and a place for that song where that's the only song you want to hear. Mm -hmm. It's, it's soft and it's delicate and it's fragile and it's transparent. And Krista just knocked it out of the park, sending all of that, you know, all those messages. I think that's why I like it. I think those words you just said that that combination, and I think so many of us can relate to, going through something and coming out with joy and grief. That's a weird combination. It's painful um, yeah. and positive. It's it, yeah. but it, it is a mix and, and appreciating both of them, man, you just, the way that you said that was perfect. And I didn't realize that probably that's one of the reasons I really connect with that song. Cause yeah, I know that combination so well. Right. So exactly. Yeah. And that that's human nature, right? It's like right. all of us exactly. are either going through something 
have gone through something or will mm -hmm. go through something. And I think one of, one of the problems with, with Christianity is it's presented to us, at least my generation, I'm 35. So in my, in, in my upbringing, it was common to leave out the fact that you're going to go through some stuff, yeah. you know, and, and in other denominations, um, that's actually at the center of what they teach mm. so that when you do go through things, you actually are, are supposed to sit in it and mm. instead of run from it and speed ahead of it, you, you're actually taught to, to sit in that place of hurt and pain. Um, and so everybody does it a little bit differently, but I think, you know, a, a strong message in, in this record for me, in my opinion, is when you go through something and the when is important to that because it's, it's an expectation of it. Um, it, a lot of times when people go through grief and hardship, they're surprised that they're going through it Yeah, and they have they're they're beat up by the fact that they're surprised like there's the grief element that makes them sad right that makes everybody sad you're going through something tough that's you know that's sad but the fact that you're surprised by it and weren't expecting it that's a whole another element that's compounded with you know the initial one so if we can help help take care of that first one of of hey you don't you shouldn't be surprised by this like life is full of setbacks when they come face it, you know, sit in it and then learn from it and work through it. And I would say that that's a primary message. I hope people um, hear or pick up, pick up in listening this, you know, to this record, Living Stones. I love that there's also songs of victory because you need, you need those too. So like Worthy Lord, you know, definitely yeah. a song uh, from the victory standpoint. So that's oh. right. Yeah. But like proclaiming yeah. who God is, you know, regardless of what I'm going through. Right. Awesome. Living Stones comes out Easter right at midnight beginning. You know, you don't even need to go on an Easter egg hunt to find it. It's going to be at all the different <laughs> streaming places. But yeah, all, all of the streaming sites and, you know, support local music. These these uh, different musicians right here out of Lancaster County, a collective, such a cool concept. And I love, I love the double meaning of Clay. I wasn't expecting the double meaning. And that just is, that's awesome. So Clay Collective, you can follow Clay Collective Music on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, Matt, do you have a little bit more time or are you, are you tight here on? I have more time. I have a few Absolutely. more questions. I don't yeah. usually get to talk to the drummer. I mean, normally when, when you do an interview with a worship band, they never send the drummer. There's one uh -huh. exception and that's Rend Collective. Uh -huh. Gareth will often do interviews. So anytime I get a chance to talk to a drummer, I, I would love to know a couple of things because yeah. other worship teams have drummers too. So this might be helpful. And Matt actually uh, does some teaching, right? So mm -hmm. you, you, you fill drummers in on stuff like this. What is one of the biggest challenges for worship team drummers? Hmm. Well, um, I think one of the biggest challenges as a drummer in a worship setting is that you have a full-time job and that you're having to come into rehearsal on a Thursday night and figure it out. Yeah. Um, I, my full-time job is drumming. <laughs> so when I show up to rehearsal for, for my band, it's expected of me that I know everything I'm supposed to know and I should be able to play it pretty well. Um, <laughs> with worship, I mean, you have these guys and these girls who are working or in school 
and they have very little time to prepare. And I think that's a, that's a big challenge. I would say that's probably number one. Um, and so my my encouragement would be, um, you don't have to be sitting in front of a drum set to learn the song. So throughout your day or your week, um, be listening to the song and be start to gain an understanding of how the song goes. Intro, verse, pre-chorus, chorus. What 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 kind of elements are happening on the drums? It, are are there big drum moments? Are they laid back? And then um, I would recommend actually learning part for part what's happening. YouTube is a great resource mm. for this. If you're looking to figure out like, man, how does that guy play that part? Drumming is so intricate in worship now. I mean, what what's what's going on there? Just Hillsong United, whatever <laughs> song it is, drum cover. And you'll see five videos if it's a popular song. And there it's a drummer with like four camera angles, right? He's yeah. just breaking down the, the song pop, you know, part by part. So you get your visual and you get your audio um, in the same the same video, you know. See, it's a pretty easy way to learn, actually. Um, yeah. And then I would say um, a challenge for me that I, I've never actually really been able to figure out, to be quite honest, is um, how to worship when you're playing drums on a worship team. Um, I actually don't play drums on my worship team anymore because when I'm playing drums, I do not think about God at all. Like, I, I can't. Um, I think it's the, it's the performance thing, you know? When I'm up there playing, I'm thinking about what I'm playing, how I'm playing, what everybody else has played, and what's next. And um, I, God isn't a part of that. I'm thinking this about the performance. So if you're able to worship and play, that's, that's quite the skill set. And if you're not, I would challenge you to take time away from playing so that you're not doing it every week if possible, because you need to to worship, you know, God as well. That's part of the process. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, so the drummer has so many pieces, right? Instead of just right. bringing your guitar one handed and, you know, you just got one <laughs> thing, the drummer's got so much gear, so many things, there's so many mics involved. And then there's the, the plastic thing or the acoustic, oh, whatever the shield, the drum, which shield. you see often <laughs> on worship. Yeah. Worship fails and worship leader problems. That poor thing, you know, collapsing <laughs> oh, no. on seen so many of those, those videos on the internet, but <laughs> that's a lot to coordinate. Yeah, no, it right? is. I, so you brought up worship fails. Um, I, not all that long ago, I had a little bit of a tuffle. Is that a word? <laughs> is that a word? <laughs> it, a little, in place little... of fail. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a little bit of a, well, well I, I had a little bit of a um, uh, back and forth with them, like with their social media account. Ah, uh, yeah. And they later came and like confronted me and were like, Hey, this is what we're doing. And I was like, Oh, okay. I'm okay with that. But initially yeah. we're good now. But initially I was, I was like pretty upset at the concept of a viral social media account that appeared to be blasting right these worship you know these musicians in the worship genre yeah. because of what i just talked about like these hold on these people have full-time jobs like they can't be proficient 
and playing at a very high level because they have other things going on. And by the way, a lot of these churches are a hundred people big. You mm -hmm. pull five people, that's that's that that's five percent of their congregation. Um, they don't have a whole lot to pull from. So the bass players messing up, give them a little grace. Yeah, right? you know. And so that was my initial approach to worship fails, um, and then pointing out all the flaws in worship leading. But then I, I talked to them about it and they cleared it up like, hey, we need to be lighthearted about this. And their angle was, um, we can't pretend that we're perfect. That's part of being a, a Christian is like bringing God our best and then laughing at our mistakes. And I was like, oh, I totally missed that because I felt like it was more of like a, right. you know, who, right. you guys suck at playing your instruments, you know? <laughs> oh, I just from, from years of being on worship teams, I just, I feel like it, we can all relate to when the ficus tree starts <laughs> falling over or that video you know. is incredible. It's well, incredible. The, and I'm always impressed with the drummer because the drummer is look, both feet are doing something. Both hands are doing something. It's the, basically the <laughs> backbone of the entire, whatever you're hearing or singing. And then things are falling over on them yeah. and they're still drumming. Are you talking about the tree that falls into the gentleman as he's playing? And he's like trying to push it up. He's doing that. He's still drumming. Again. <laughs> and the best part is the worship leader is clueless the entire time <laughs> that yeah. the drummer is like fighting for his life against this tree that will not balance. Like, exactly. Just balance. Stay up there. But oh, to man. me, that actually kind of wraps up the responsibility of drummers is so massive. So props <laughs> to anybody who's actually doing it. And I also would recommend the rest of the team appreciate your drummer because seriously, right. they're, they're doing a lot of stuff. They're doing a lot of stuff back there, you know, <laughs> same with give sound guys and everything, love. but yeah, give them some love. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, have you heard um, Graves into Gardens? Like so, there's some songs these days. I feel like that drummers might actually get excited to play with their church worship teams. There's some really uh -huh. good drum parts. So are there any songs that you're thinking that's a good one right now that, that uh, musically you actually really like as a drummer? Yeah. I like Corey Asbury's stuff. Yeah. Um, I covered his song reckless love as well. And um, I reached out to him about it. And I was just like, if you ever want a drummer on a record and he replied with ha ha sick <laughs> exclamation mark. I'm like, I think that's a no. I think that means no, right? I With mean, there's Corey, a little bit of laughter. And <laughs> I think that means no. I'll still got, I got the you. idea still got in there. And it who did. knows if it might resurface. You never know. Yeah. Like Corey's like, I want to do a metal worship album. Oh, I know who I can get to play drums on it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I like his stuff because it's a little bit out of the box and yeah. a little bit more ambitious. Um, but my, my favorite worship drummer is a guy named Harrison Wood. He plays for Hillsong. Um, and he's so good at drumming. He's so good at drums. As are the two other drummers from Hillsong. They're, they're all just incredible at what they do. And I would recommend looking up Harrison Wood um, and, the, and the two other guys, Dan and Simon. I, I don't know their last names. But look them up um, and maybe if you're a drummer and you're thinking like, 
how can I be more creative or what, what song should I be practicing to push myself? I would look at Hillsong Live, Hillsong United stuff. They spend a lot of time coming up with parts that are creative and also appropriate. Wow. That's a great tip. Never even thought of that kind of stuff. Now I'm thinking of all these other drums. Yeah. So paying attention to the drum parts. I mean, even the yeah. communication between the the leader and, and picking of the songs and just paying attention to those drum parts. Um, right. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good tip. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's something you think about as a drummer, right? It's like you're, you're, I don't know what, what you hear or what you see when you're at a show, but since I was, I think 12, I started noticing the drummer. And since then I can't unnotice the drummer. Like I I just, I zone in on what he's doing, he or she is doing. Um, it's, it's just been that way ever since. And, um, so if you're focused on one thing, you, you hear all the nuances in it. Definitely. Whereas like you might be focused on the vocalist and you might, walk away from the same show I just saw and be like, Oh yeah. Did you hear them do this, this, and this? I'm like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm a keys player and I always like the bass. Okay. That's, yeah. So I can, I can kind of get into the, su- the, the support stuff rather yeah. than, you know, melody and, and front man. I see. Yeah. Have you, have you heard of a bass player named mono neon? No. Okay. Um, I need to now. Definitely not inside the worship genre, but, um, pretty, pretty awesome bass player. I, I had the chance to play with him on a project I did last year. Um, look him up sometime. Mono neon. Neon. I'm not going to forget mm-hmm. that mono neon. No. That's, that's awesome. Might be my new password yep. too. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Put some numbers I'm in tell, there. I'm not going to tell you which one is capital. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say numbers, commas, you right, know, right. ampersands. <laughs> awesome. Matt Griner. Thank you for talking to me today. Totally looking forward to uh, the clay collective music getting out on Easter. And uh, I just love the sound of it. The production I'm hoping to, that we'll be hearing more in you know the, the months and years to come. So thanks for uh, giving us a, a sneak peek into it and for talking with me today about it too. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much to Matt Griner for joining me. Check out the new project Living Stones from Clay Collective. You can follow them, Clay Collective Music, on social media. And don't forget, share this episode with the drummer in your life. Maybe you've got one in your family or at church. Chances are the name Matt Griner and the band August Burns Red rings a bell for them. By the way, Sundays on WJTL, you can hear Matt's music in the morning, Clay Collective on the Praise and Worship program, and in the evening on some sort of rock show with John Stafiri. That's 8 until midnight. You can stream us online at WJTL.com on the free WJTL app, or just give that command to your smart speaker. We also, of course, can be heard locally at FM 90.3. Thanks again for tuning in to the Praise and Worship podcast.